Welcome to High Vibin' It with your hosts, Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida. Are you ready to make the most of your life, manifesting your inner desires while living a more aligned, inspired life? Start here. Now, here's Kelsey and Lindsay. Welcome to High Vibe In It. We're super excited for today's episode because we are talking about manifesting love and not just love in the general sense, but like specifically a romantic partnership. So if you are someone who's been calling in love, wanting to manifest your soulmate, you're feeling like you're ready to like dive into this world of fulfilling relationships where you actually get your needs met and you can be happy and have a really meaningful experience, then this is the episode for you. So my name is Kelsey Aida. I'm an inspirational blogger and author, and my co-host is Lindsay Robinson. She's a hypnotherapist slash success mindset coach. And today, our very special guest, Crystal, is a women's relationship coach, and she is also basically a manifestation expert when it comes to relationships. And she's going to tell us about her success story, how she manifested the love of her life, everything that went into that, and how she helps people. And we're going to help you guys today through her as the channel. So welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So sorry I don't have your bio like right here, but can you (laughs) explain to people a little bit more about what you do? Sure. I work with single women who are ready to call in the love of their life and create happy, healthy, loving relationships. And so, yes, I do a lot of work around manifesting that love, but I also give practical advice on dating. We're dating here in the real world with human men, so we want (laughs) to learn how to interact with them, you know, here on earth also. Yeah, the physical and the metaphysical. I love it. That's great. Now, um, I know that, hi guys, it's Lindsay here. I know that you, we were talking for a little bit before the call, which we always do with our guests, me and Kelsey do too, but I want everyone to know in case somebody is new to your work, you know, how you kind of got into it and what, I guess, what made you feel called to do this kind of work? Absolutely. So, you know, it's a little bit of a long story. My background is actually in law. I was a lawyer by education, by training. Um, And that was not my calling. It was sort of like what I was doing. It's what, you know, made sense with the path that I was on. But I really felt called to help people um, in like a closer way. And I was really drawn towards coaching. I really felt held back for a while. And then I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Like, maybe it's something I'll do on the side. But at the time, I was single. And so I did what a lot of people do um, when they're basically afraid to go for what they want. And I started, I transitioned out of a career that wasn't my calling into what I call like a shadow career, which is, it was closer, but it still wasn't quite it. So I was working as a career coach, helping people basically with their careers. My passion has always been love and relationships and dating. It has always fascinated me the way that men and women interact, the way that dating and relationships work. And I was basically just held back because I did not have the relationship that I wanted. You know, it's the whole thing with imposter syndrome. Not that a single person can't be a dating coach. I just, I felt held back by it. Um, And then I got married a few years ago. And I was still doing career coaching. I was actually at a retreat last, uh, last spring. Um, so like a year and a half ago, 
And the women on this retreat, they basically called me out and were just like, it doesn't make sense that you're not teaching on relationships. Like you're obsessed with relationships. You're helping all of us. Like it doesn't make any sense. And I finally was just like, yeah, there's really nothing holding me back anymore. And so I finally took the leap into what I've always felt called towards. You know, I had gotten rid of all of the excuses at that point. So here I am. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And there's nothing like that feeling, right? (laughs) Like just knowing like, oh, so this is what it feels like to do something that you want and to do something you're supposed to be doing. Totally. It's just like everything feels, not that it's always easy. Like it's still challenging at times, but it's just like fun. It's like, this is what I want to do. Like I am just helping people do the thing that like lights me up more than anything else. Yeah. So I want to go back to your um, dating journey, I guess. A lot of people can probably relate to some of the stuff that you had to go through. Now, I was also talking to the girls before about how like, I feel so out of the loop with this stuff because I got married in 2012. And there were no apps, at least I didn't know of any apps for dating back then. So I kind of missed the whole dating app thing. Um, But I know I from what I hear, I have a lot of people in my life that are struggling with this now. It's hard. It's really, really hard. It's like harder than it was before to just go out and meet someone because you have so many more options, essentially. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know if it's harder or not. I only dated and, you know, I dated when I dated. Yeah. And, you know, because I do focus so much on manifesting and mindset, it's like, I don't really want to tell people that it's hard. Like, I don't know that that's true. It can feel hard at times, but, and I definitely went through a long period where it did feel really hard. So to give a little bit of my story, I mean, I was probably like a lot of your listeners. Like I had a really great career. I was making good money. I had awesome friends. I had a great apartment. I had night, like I had everything going yeah. for me. And I just felt like, I, I was just like, I don't understand why I cannot make a relationship work. And I mean, I dated a lot. Like I felt like I was dating I dated a lot. You know, it wasn't that I never met people. Like I felt like I could meet people all the time, but it was, I was having a hard time finding someone who I really liked, who liked me the same. It was like, I liked him more and he wasn't that interested or the other way around. And I, I mean, it's hard to even know where to start with this because I went through so many heartbreaks. Like from the time that I was 19, I had my first like devastating heartbreak and I was so heartbroken. It was, it was really sad because I, I called my mom and I was, I was crying so hard and I just never experienced so much pain in my mm-hmm. life. And I was not being melodramatic when I was just like, mom, I love you, but I am dying. Like mm-hmm. I, I had never felt anything like that before. And I was in college at the time and my roommate took the phone from my hand. She's like, hi, Miss Marsh. She's not dying. <laughs> She's okay. <laughs> My mom's like, what? What's happening? Like, yeah. she probably thought I was in a horrible accident. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my roommate told her, you know, she like, this guy just broke up with her. Um, you know, so it's like from 19, like <laughs> on, I just felt like it was almost a string of heartbreaks. And, <clears throat> you know, it sort of reached a point. I mean, because this went on for years throughout my 20s. And, when I looked at it, it was just like, oh my gosh, it's like the same thing keeps happening over and over again. And I'm just like, I don't understand. Like there's so many different guys. How does each situation end up being like exactly the same? Um, You know, and some of the heartbreaks were worse 
than others. And some were, you know, two week relationships and some of them were much longer. Um, but you know, I finally reached the point where it's just like, I am the common denominator on all of this. Like it's, it's me. Like I am the only thing, like I am the thing that's really the most consistent here. And it was like, I, I had this moment where it was just like, what if I can just take full responsibility for this? you know, and like, let go of all of the things that they've done wrong and that they mm-hmm. shouldn't have done and how I've been mistreated. Like, what if I just say, this is all me and now I'm going to do something different. And that's yeah. really sort of like what it was where I had that moment where it's just like, this cannot continue forever. Cause I mean, it just felt like every single guy, it was like, it ended up the same. So it's like, that's sort of the long and the short of it. <laughs> Yeah. So I love that you said that because a lot of the stuff me and Kelsey talk about is like, yeah, you get to take responsibility for all the wins and you get, and you know, but the flip side of that is you kind of have to know that you're responsible for your part in, in the negative stuff that you attract as well. So the fact that you were able to do that and take it as like an empowering stance, like, oh crap, I have the reins here. I have control. Let me see what I can do to like actually get what I want and be happy and have, you know, check all the boxes that I have in my mind for this partner. Um, yeah. So, so that sounds like the moment where you kind of decided to look more into like how did you go about it where you because a lot of people are going to listen to this and be like well I don't I shouldn't have to change but it's really not changing is it you know it it isn't is it isn't you know, it's not changing where like oh I'm changing who I am it's really like evolving yeah um, and becoming like a higher a higher better version of yourself you know because it's like you can say whatever you want. You can say, I'm not going to change or it's not me, it's them. And, you know, I think that's one of the things when you're dating, it's really, really easy to put everything outside of yourself, you know, because it's like, I was ghosted. I had guys come on really hard and then disappear. Like I went through all of those things that we go through, you know, I've been cheated on, like all of those things where it's like, but that is him. Like, of course it's his fault. Like how could, you know, it's very, very easy to put it outside of yourself. Um, So it's like, it wasn't an easy thing to get to where I was just like, oh, I'm going to take this all on me, you know? And so it's like, I don't say that lightly. I know that that's not an easy thing to be like, oh, accept responsibility for yourself. Like, no, it's hard. And it kind of like, it sucks. But I, 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 here's what it looked like for me. There was this guy that I'd really liked and it's like, I, it felt different. I was like, oh my gosh, I think that this could actually like be different this time. And then I went over to his house. We were going out and basically I got over there and he broke up with me. And I was just like, how did I not see this coming? Like, why is this happening again? And I was driving home and it started raining and I was just like, this is ridiculous. And I was crying and I pulled over the side of the road. because I was like, don't get in an accident over this stupid guy. Like, So I pulled over the side of the road and I'm crying on the side of the road. And then I was just like, Crystal, stop crying. Like, you can change this. This doesn't have to, like, I'm telling myself this. And I was just like, well, you don't have to be so mean about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And so I sort of took a break where I was just like, I'm going to take a step back and like not, you know, immediately try to meet someone else, but like just take a little bit of time for myself. Yeah. And that's what I did. I, I, I took, I don't really remember how long it was now, but maybe like six months where I did like a dating detox. That's what I called it. (laughs) It was because, you know, of course, as soon as I decided, it was like guys were coming out of the woodwork and everywhere. It's just like, 
I'm on a dating detox. Like I'm, I'm not doing this for a while. Um, and you know, I started to just, I mean, now I call it like your love blueprint, but I basically just really started examining what my love blueprint was. Like, what are the beliefs that I have about relationships? Like, what are the patterns that I'm seeing over and over again? Like, what is it that is being created in my life? Um, because it's like the things weren't outlandish. Like my patterns were really, really consistent. And, you know, without going like too deep into it, it was like I was really attracted to men that were unavailable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always like to make the distinction of like they were unavailable to me because plenty of the guys that I've dated are married and I hope happily and I hope that they're wonderful husbands or boyfriends or whatever it is to their current partners. They were unavailable to me. Within the dynamic that we had, they were not going to be that person for me. And it was not that I couldn't attract good, solid guys that wanted to show up for me. I had many times. And every time, I did not want them back. You know, so it's like, what in me is making it so that the only guys that are exciting to me are the ones that don't want me? Mm -hmm. You know, that is what a lot of women Mm -hmm. want and are drawn to. And it's like, oh, nice guys are boring. And it's like, no, 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 that's not on them. That's on you. You want this dysfunctional pattern. You're drawn to someone who doesn't treat you well. And like, that's not healthy. Like what's actually going on there? Like, why are you, why are you creating these situations where you are destined to be hurt? And I found that when I stopped labeling them as just like, oh, they're emotionally unavailable and started looking as like, no, they're unavailable to me. And that's part of why I wanted them. It made it, um, like it was painful, but it also made it a little bit easier to detach because it was like, I need to start looking for people who want to be available yes. for me and making that like a top criteria. Because I was keeping things like charm and how much he made me laugh and all of these other things as criteria over, does he want to be with me? Like that <laughs> needed to be a top priority and it really wasn't. It was like way too far down on my list. I was going to ask, (laughs) yeah, I was going to ask you a question. I was going to say, do you feel that a lot of times if we have like daddy issues or parental issues, that that's the unconscious part of us that wants someone who's unavailable. So say, for example, if your dad is always really busy growing up and you don't get to spend a lot of time with him, that you look for partners who are just like him so you can heal that part of yourself. Do you find that in your clients? 100%. That is really what it is in the most basic sense. I think the thing that trips people up is that some people, they're like, one of my parents was addicted to something or there was, you know, something really obvious. And so it's like, okay, I know that there was dysfunction in my family. The problem is, is that some people have what look like really healthy, functional homes in a lot of ways, and they can still have some of these patterns because when we're creating these patterns as little kids, we... It doesn't matter if like for the most part things are healthy. You can still pick up on little things. It's like my parents favored my sister a little bit because she got better grades and was prettier and that can create that pattern even if you had like a mostly decent childhood. So it's like I think sometimes people overlook that it's like, no, you didn't have to have something that was horrible. You didn't have to have a really horrible upbringing to create some of these patterns. Well, Um, I'm just going to let everybody off the hook right now because – you, you, you definitely shouldn't take these things as like being your fault or like something you could have done because look, the subconscious only knows what it knows. And if it was taught at a young age that 
this was normal to have somebody unavailable to you or that this was normal to have somebody who was, like you said, addicted to whatever. Um, these patterns are created because they're what's perceived as safe to a child. Whether mm-hmm. or not it's on the surface logically dangerous doesn't matter because to the totally. subconscious, it's what you're used to and it's what you know and it's going to your wonderful, beautifully, perfectly working subconscious is going to keep giving you those things that allowed you to survive as a kid, whether or not it's healthy, whether or not it's, you know, stable or functioning, that's just the way it is. So this isn't something that, you know, you should have known better, you know what I'm saying? But now that people are listening and do know, this is this is why you're here, you know, to help them go from here. Exactly. You couldn't have known better. The thing yeah. that I tell uh, that I tell my clients and students is that if the people that you've had chemistry with, or if you've had like a, a challenging upbringing, you know, if the people you have chemistry with haven't treated you well, then you have to recognize that chemistry is not a good indicator for yeah. you that someone's a good match. Like take a lot of chemistry is like a red flag rather than like a go sign. Because for, mo- for a lot, a lot of people, chemistry is not, it's not a good indicator that this is going to be a good partner. Definitely not in the Use long it. run. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, if you're having a fling, then definitely go with the guy that you're with. <laughs> that's the point. But for a husband, that's often not going to be that person that you have that wild, wild chemistry with. Yeah. Yeah, it completely makes sense. Um, that's really cool. So we definitely uh, are just getting started. We have a ton more to talk about with Crystal here. We do have to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about... I guess your transition to knowing what to look for in a partner and, and then we'll kind of move into how you help your clients do the exact same thing and what that looks like. So we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you feel like there's something in your mind holding you back from your vision of success? Do you feel like you're constantly in the cycle of trying, failing, and starting over again? If outdated limiting beliefs are keeping you stuck, hypnosis might just be the tool you've been looking for. Go to lindsayrobinson.com for more info on how to get your subconscious and conscious mind working together to achieve your goals and align your mind with success. That's L-Y-N-N-S-E-Y Robinson.com. If you're serious about raising your vibration and feeling better, self-love is the fastest way to get there. Not only is it the best way to feel better, but it's also the fast track to manifesting all your desires. Kelsey Aida has created an entire online video course to walk you through the process so you can finally realize your divine perfection. High Vibe in it. Listeners can get a special enrollment discount with the code High Vibe. Visit RadicalSelfLoveCourse.com to get started on your self-love journey today. That's RadicalSelfLoveCourse.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to High Vibe in It. With Kelsey Aida and Lindsay Robinson. Check into the show today by calling into the program at 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to hi.vibin.it.show at gmail.com. 
That's hi.vibin.it.show at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, hello. We are back with Miss Crystal, and we were just talking about before the break kind of her story and some of the shifts that she made. And we were talking about the dynamics of when you're growing up, we learn certain patterns, and then we try to recreate them in adulthood in order to either heal the pattern, that's what I believe that the universe brings in these turbulent relationships for, or it's just to bring it to your awareness. So then you can start coming from a different place and approaching love from a different angle. So Crystal, what were some of the mindset shifts that you made during this six month phase when you were like, I'm really going to focus on me. I'm taking a break. I'm taking a cleanse from dating as you called it, which I thought was super cute. Um, What were some of your biggest um, approach shifts that really made the difference for you, like vibrationally and energetically? So the biggest thing probably that I did was I got really clear on the way that I would want my ideal relationship to feel. Because, you know, I think what I had been doing a lot of the time is like I'd meet someone, I would feel very excited, I would really like them, but I wasn't thinking about like what I actually wanted. I was just sort of going off like the emotional high. But, you know, it's it's not solid. It's not grounded. A lot of it is just hormones and, you know, sort of like what our body is doing when it is aroused and excited by someone. And what I really realized was that a lot of times these people that I was feeling very attracted to that I really wanted to like be around and be close to and have relationships with, I didn't actually feel good about them most of the time. Like the relationship would probably be most characterized as like anxiety on my end. So it's like I was wanting them. So it was like a lot of anxiety, a lot of yearning. And, you know, it's like we were talking about before, that's what felt normal to me. Mm -hmm. I, that was my pattern. Like anxiety felt normal to me. Emotional ups and downs and worry and fear and yearning, that felt normal to me. So that was why guys that just liked me and showed up for me and wanted to take me to nice places and treat me well were boring. I was like, I don't feel any anxiety. This clearly isn't love. Like, mm-hmm. I can't possibly feel anything for you. I'm bored because, like, there was no roller coaster. It's just like, That's oh, you're gonna- yeah, right? And it's just like, oh, you're going to call when you say you call? Like, rude. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, my God. You know? And it's like, it sounds ridiculous when I'm saying it, but this is what we're doing uh-huh. like in our minds, right? Like, it's just like, this is, this is not what love feels like. This is, this is too straightforward. Love is supposed to be confusing and anxiety provoking. Yeah. So I was like, okay, actually, no, it's not. I don't want to <laughs> feel this way. You know, how do I want to feel in a relationship? And it's like, I really tuned into that a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. And I started to get more comfortable with like the sensation of just like calm and warmth and um, stability and like love. Like I started generating those feelings within myself on my own outside of a relationship Yeah, because I had never done that before. And it's like, if I had been able to tune in in the past, I would have noticed like, oh, this person who I think is really funny and handsome and charming and has a great job is making me feel anxiety most of the time because he is not showing up for me. And this guy who has all these other great qualities who is, is feeling boring. I would have recognized that like, no, I was just feeling calm. Like there was just 
just no emotional highs. And so I just got really used to that sensation where it's just like calm and like warm. Mm -hmm. So sorry to interrupt you, but I have a thought about this. So would you say that your two main focuses basically became self-love and soothing your nervous system? That's so interesting. I would have never put it in those terms, but fully. I -hmm. think that really sums it up very well. Um, Yeah, that sums it up really well. Well, that's just from my perspective because I've been teaching self-love for a while now and I have a whole course and I'm ready to like remarket it as like, this is how you manifest your soulmate. You got to become your soulmate. (laughs) And like everyone's like doing all the things outside of them and trying to get these people and do the dating correct. And like, oh, I don't want to mess up. Like, it's not about messing up. It's about you, your energy. When you can give yourself what you need, you attract other people who also want to show up for you in that way. Would you agree? A hundred percent. So I love that you said that. And I really think that's very true. And, you know, it's funny because like sometimes my, my, I would say more my students than my clients. I think people who work with me at like a coaching level, they sort of get it. But I think my students are sometimes surprised because they're just like, oh, I just didn't realize that I, like they're surprised because it's like, they're like, oh, I feel so much more confident. I don't feel so much anxiety. And Mm -hmm. like my relationships with my family and my friends are different. Like some of these other shifts happen before they get the guy and then it's like, oh, now all of a sudden I'm meeting all these amazing guys. And it's, it really does come down to like that self-love and that self-worth and like not looking outside of yourself. Because I think that's what a lot of people are doing when they're dating, especially if they're dating from like a frantic or anxious place. Yes. They're thinking, when I have this person, I will feel better. I will feel love. I will feel support and calm. And it's like, no, you have to start feeling that yourself. Like you... It's very challenging to create a healthy relationship when you're looking for someone else to make you feel okay. I mean, really, it's impossible to create a healthy relationship when you're like, I need this person to be okay. And for a lot of women, when they're dating, that anxiety is that sense that like, oh, I found one. I found a good one. I better hold on to him. This could be my last chance. I'm not going to be okay if he gets away. And then he's like, dude, this is our second date. Like, I can't can't be your source. And they're like, but I didn't say that to him. And it's like, no, of course you didn't say that to him. You're not totally off your rocker. But, you know, men are like, all of us, we're energetic beings, right? Like we can feel the vibe. Like you can feel when someone starts grasping, starts trying to hold on to you and keep you and like catch you and it's and it's intense and it's like women are very sensitive to it right like when you meet a guy and you can tell that he's just looking at you like a piece of meat and you're just like gross you are so creeping me out because you know what he wants from you and it feels very invasive and aggressive and almost like an attack mm-hmm. right and it's like you can feel it from across a room yeah it's a like guy. a psychic attack like you can sense it yeah for sure oh I'm like getting my skin is crawling thinking about it because <laughs> it's horrible but women do the same thing with men. And it's like, just because you're thinking of like, oh, our wedding, like it's the same vibe that they get, <laughs> you know? It's like, this woman is trying to get something from me. Like men do not want to feel that you're trying to get something from them. Just like we don't want to feel that someone's just trying to get something from us. That's, Word. I don't, yeah, so, I don't remember what the question was, but. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I just love the way you explain things. Like you can definitely tell that you're well um, practiced in explaining these seemingly complex ideas and, and new concepts to people in a, in a very easy way that they can kind of get it, you know? And it's so, it's so, so true that you have to find that kind of stuff within yourself, or at least 
even if you can't get on board and, and love yourself right away and be your own soulmate, the first step you can do is just stop trying to rope someone else to do it for you. And that yes. is no coincidence that when you stopped and you took your dating detox, people were coming, like you said, they were coming out of the woodwork because you just stopped looking for it. Yeah. And that's such a huge cliche is like, well, when you stop looking for your soulmate, you'll find them. But people that are in that mindset are like, well, crap, how am I supposed to stop looking for them if that's the right. only thing that I want right now? Uh, um, yeah. So I actually have, I have two thoughts about this. Yeah. So one is what, what I was saying about like, you know, developing yourself and doing this healing. And so, yeah, you really do have to stop looking for it in someone else. But I'll also say, because sometimes people take this to an extreme and they think, well, I guess I'm just going to have to be healing forever because I'm not perfect enough. And it's like, no, no, you do not have to be perfect. I have had immense healing through my relationship with my husband. Yes. So it's not that you have to reach this level of perfection. It's that you need to be on the path where you're going to be an energetic match for someone who you're going to be able to create a healthy dynamic with. Mm -hmm. So that's the one point. And then the other thing I wanted to say was because this idea about like you have to stop looking because that drove me nuts. Yep. I could not stop looking. And when I met my husband, I was definitely looking. I was ready for him. So that's another thing because I know that's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is not that you can't be looking. You don't have to then say, oh, I'm not looking and like pretend to cover your eyes. Like, no, it's <laughs> fine if you know that you want to meet your person. The idea is detaching from the neediness of it. Yeah. And, you know, the way that this would come up for me is that like if I would think about, oh, I might not be with him, you know, for another year, it'd be like, like I just, I should just give up then. I might as well just give up. You know, and it was like this really heavy sort of victim blaming energy at the thought that like he wouldn't be here when I wanted him. And so it wasn't that I didn't want him anymore or that I was like, oh, I don't care if it ever happens. No, I was like, I want to meet my husband, but it didn't feel so heavy. It felt like I'm excited to meet this person. And how exciting that I haven't met him yet. Like I have so many opportunities to meet him. Like I could meet him today when I'm at Starbucks. I could meet him next month when I am, you know, back home in Michigan. Like I could meet him here or there. It's like how exciting that like I could meet him at any point. Like won't that be so fun? And it was this totally different energy of like, ooh, he could be here or he could be there. And it wasn't like I'm only going out tonight if I can meet someone. Like it was just like the possibilities are endless and like how fun that I don't even know this person who was going to be like such an important part of my life. That is yeah. the most amazing mindset shift ever. Yeah, it shifted from a place of like neediness and desperation, which obviously is not like the highest frequency ever if we're right. being honest. To a frequency of positive expectation, excitement, like almost like wonder, like, oh, I wonder. What it's playful. Yeah. Like, it's universe yeah. surprised me. Like, I'm open, you know? Yes. Yeah, it's it, making it a game. And that's how it's, it's yeah. the coolest thing ever. Like, I can't wait to win this game. <laughs> yeah. I it was really, time. really fun. And it was, it was so powerful when I could keep that in mind. I remember one of my friends invited me to this um, – like a young professional's dinner. And my friend who invited me was the only person I knew, but she was really hosting it. And so I wanted to go, but I was just like, I'm not going to know anyone. And so I'm a pretty shy, reserved person. But then I was just like, you know what? I can be shy and reserved and like sit all by myself and be awkward. Or I can go knowing that like I could meet all sorts of interesting people and not even just like the love of my life, but like I could meet someone who's fun to talk to. I could meet girlfriends. Like, and you know, to get out of this idea of like, oh, I'm so shy, I never meet people. And I was just like, I am an absolute delight. Anyone would be so lucky to sit next to me tonight. 
And I, you know, I started telling myself that as I was driving over there, I was like, I'm going to have such a great time tonight. Like I'm going to meet such interesting people. So I go to this thing. I, and you know, you walk in the door and I got nervous for a minute. And then I was like, no, I am a charm and delight. I'm going to have the <laughs> best time. Everyone is going to love talking to me. So I go and I'm sort of sitting near the end of the table. I didn't really know anyone there. Um, and then, you know, everyone's getting down, like sitting down, getting ready to, to sit. And there was like the seat next to me was empty. And then this guy comes in. This guy, he's like 6'4", super, super cute. And I was just like, oh, hello. And then he starts walking towards like the under them table. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like I'm have a great time. And then he comes over and sits next to me. And it would be really cute if this were my husband. This is not my husband. But, <laughs> you know, I just ended up having such a great time. And, like, I had the best conversation with this guy. And, like, we just had so much fun. And I was just like, wow, this night could have gone so many different ways. But, like, I ended up just having the best time with this really cute guy. And, you know, it's like I took it a step further because it's like nothing happened with him. He wasn't the one for me. But, you know, what some people then would do would be like, oh, that one should have been it. Like, I can't believe it didn't work out with him. Like I thought he was, well, I did go out with him a few times, but like, whatever. And then he stopped calling. And, you know, instead of like taking it as like a negative, I was like, oh my gosh, I met this random guy at this dinner. I almost didn't even go to like, there are amazing guys anywhere. I could meet someone anywhere. And like not letting any individual thing that didn't go my way deter me. I started interpreting everything as like, oh, my person is here. Like he's getting closer instead of, why wasn't it him? It was just like, ooh, like now I have this other thing that I can add to my list of things that I want or that I don't want. Um, And that was another really powerful thing because it used to feel for me like I could get in a good place and I'd get really excited and then I'd have like a setback. And then it was like, oh, I give up. I'm back at square one. And so when it stopped being like I'm going backwards, it was like I started, I felt like it started, like the energy started moving faster, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Because everything was like, evidence. I interpreted everything as evidence. If I got ghosted, oh, that must not have been my person. He's still out there. Or if someone, you know, I decided I didn't like, it's like, I didn't want to go out with him anymore. But like, he was so polite to like everyone we were around. Like, I love that he's just like a sweet, kind person. Like I'm adding that to the things that I want. Or, you know, it's really cute that he did this thing. Or this guy thought of like a really sweet date and like, listen to what I said. And I took everything as like a sign that my person was getting closer instead of like, why wasn't this one it? Yeah, I love that so much. So we're putting like, we're set, the bar is like to the ceiling for whoever you did marry. So let's talk about him for a second. And let's just fluff <laughs> his feathers a little bit. So how did you actually find him? How did how did he come into your life? Oh my God, I'm gonna cry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I only met him briefly. Please do. I love it. He's lovely. <laughs> he's the best. He's such an amazing man. <laughs> so, um, um, I mean, I really manifested him. I was really, really clear on what I wanted, and I had a list a mile long. Yeah. Um, but also not because I didn't go into the specifics of like, he needs to look this way or he needs mm-hmm. to have this kind of job. It was like, this is how I want to feel with this person. And so I actually met him on a dating app. And so we met on this app and, you know, we swiped right on each other. I thought he was cute. And then, see, I don't even know what that means, but I'm assuming it means you liked each other. <laughs> so, right is yes, and left is no. Okay, got it. Most got of it. the apps. Perfect. So, we swiped right on each other. 
And, you know, he, I never initiated the conversations. He initiated a conversation with me and like, he, he really just sort of was like checking my boxes. I'm very much one where it's like, I want to meet someone in person because I don't want to spend a week like chatting because it's the energy isn't right. The energy is not right. And like no amount of phone time is going to change that. So he like pretty quickly asked, like we had a little conversation and then he was like, let me have your number and like, let's set up a time to meet. And I was like, yes, I like this. He's like moving, moving things forward. Um, but I'll also mention that I very strongly believe in like dating, actually dating. Some people call it rotational dating or, you know, having a funnel, but it's really just dating. So I was dating a bunch of other guys. So it wasn't like, oh, I think that he's my husband. It's just like, he's cute. Um, and so we were chatting and (laughs) as we're chatting, I realized that he does not actually live near me. And I was just like, oh, we had like set plans to, um, have drinks and, you know, when I realized that he didn't live near me, I was just like, oh, maybe he's just like looking to hook up. So I was like, I'm not trying to do that. So I was just like, I'm not getting drinks with you at like nine o'clock. But I do have like um, an early morning meeting. So if you'd like to meet me for breakfast at 8 a.m., we can do that. And I was not testing him, but I was sort of like, take me up or don't. Like, I don't really care. I was very like detached about it. because I was just like, I know I'm going to have my person. And he was just like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll meet for breakfast. <laughs> and so we met for breakfast. And I really feel like the universe did me a big favor and like not making me feel like he was the one from the beginning because I was so fully myself. Like I was just, uh-huh. I not that I didn't care. I was attracted to him, but like I just felt like I was fully myself. So we had breakfast and then he was like, do you want to do something else? And I was like, sure, like what? So we went and had brunch. We like walked up the block and went someplace else and had brunch. And then we had like mimosas. Then we had some drinks, like became a whole afternoon thing. So then it's like three in the afternoon and I was drunk. I was like, I need to go home, (laughs) take a nap. And so I went home and took a nap. And then he called me a few hours later and was like, do you want to go, do you want to go out for dinner? And so we met up for dinner and then like I saw him a few more times Um, and sort of was like, the rest was history sort of like that's how we met and it was it wasn't like I felt like he was the one I was dating other people uh but we definitely like we had a good time together and he was definitely like checking off my boxes you know mm-hmm. yeah that is so when did you guys actually get married um uh how two years ago <laughs> June of 2017 June of 2017 okay and um you guys had a very, like, you you say that you went from single to married in 10 months. Yes. That is amazing. I want to hear all about that and really kind of going from here, how you help your clients really um, figure that stuff out for themselves and what they're looking for and how they can really attract these, this same amazing love into their life. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. More with Crystal in a minute. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you're serious about raising your vibration and feeling better, self-love is the fastest way to get there. Not only is it the best way to feel better, but it's also the fast track to manifesting all your desires. Kelsey Aida has created an entire online video course to walk you through the process so you can finally realize your divine perfection. 
High Vibe in it. Listeners can get a special enrollment discount with the code High Vibe. Visit RadicalSelfLoveCourse.com to get started on your self-love journey today. That's RadicalSelfLoveCourse.com. Do you feel like there's something in your mind holding you back from your vision of success? Do you feel like you're constantly in the cycle of trying, failing, and starting over again? If outdated limiting beliefs are keeping you stuck, hypnosis might just be the tool you've been looking for. Go to lindsayrobinson.com for more info on how to get your subconscious and conscious mind working together to achieve your goals and align your mind with success. That's L-Y-N-N-S-E-Y Robinson.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to High Vibe in It with Kelsey Aida and Lindsay Robinson. Check into the show today by calling into the program at 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to high.vibin.it.show at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, welcome back. Lindsay here. And we were just talking uh, with Crystal Iram. She is a women's love and relationship coach. And we were just before we went to break talking to her about how she found her person who I like to refer to as her lobster. Um, If any of Friends fans out there, that's my favorite way to say that. But um, yeah, 10 months. Tell us about how that kind of evolved because you went from kind of the dating arena minefield, (laughs) some people might call it, to happily married to the love of your life. I want to hear about it. So we met in August. Um, I was dating quite a few other people. Um, And then we spent, I mean, we spent a good amount of time together when we first met, but then I didn't see him again until October um, because he didn't live where I lived. So, you know, he, you know, and I think that this is very common with men is that often they have a strong feeling if someone could potentially be their person. And he didn't say this, um, but, he, you know, he flew me to see him because he really wanted to see me. And I was sort of just like ready to like leave it. I was dating other people and I had a great time with him, but I was really just taking all of the experiences that I was having as like, this is a great experience. This is just me like meeting people and having fun. I don't know how it's going to work out with my person. Um, But yeah, he got me to come visit him. And then after that, it was like, we spent like six days together. We just got really close. Um, And so then that was in October. And so then we were just dating exclusively. And then we got engaged in January. And, you know, it's like, it sounds really fast. And you know, and depending on the relationship, it is really fast. But, you know, my thing was that I knew very much what I wanted. And I was never opposed to the idea of a quick courtship. I was like, I want to get married. I am looking for the person that that I can marry. And so, you know, in my mind, it was always like, if there are no red flags, then the relationship can just unfold. And that's what it felt like. Like, to the people outside, it's possible that it seemed like a whirlwind. To me and to him, it did not seem like a whirlwind. Like it wasn't 
that I was like so gaga, like head over heels about him from the first moment that I met him. It was like, I met this person. I felt really connected to him and we just got to know each other. And the more that I learned about him, the more I was just like, this really feels right. This feels really good. This feels really calm. This feels really stable. This feels like something that could really, you know, move into like a life, uh, like a real commitment, like a, a, a lifelong partnership. I haven't spent my whole life with him. So it's like, I can't say that at this point, but like, we're married, we're happy. And that's all that anyone can do when they get married, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> You've gotten um, to the finish line and you're happy. <laughs> like that's, it's the intention to be together forever, of course, yeah. when you're married, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it is the intention. And, you know, I, I have no intention of not being with my husband. And also it's like, obviously we know that most people who get married, they don't stay together forever. And, you know, from where I'm sitting, not that it doesn't matter, but it's like, yeah, you, you love again. Like you can find someone, like you find someone else. And, you know, to me, that's a big part of it. It was like, I was manifesting my husband. I wanted to manifest the love of my life. And I, Kobe is definitely a love of my life. And if God forbid something happens to him or to our relationship, I can manifest love again. Yeah. I love um, that you said that when you're with, when you, even on your first date, you notice how you were able to just like be yourself. And mm-hmm. I made the joke of like, oh yeah, imagine that being yourself. But it's such a foreign concept when you're trying to, we feel like we're trying to get someone to like us. How do I get him to like me? How do I get her to like me? When you can just be yourself without that anxiety, that's I think when the magic happens. Because yes. I was I was mentioning too, like all my previous boyfriends, almost all of them have no idea who I really am today. They didn't know what I was into really because I just wouldn't talk about it because now that I look back, I don't, I wouldn't have been comfortable telling them like, oh, I'm into the subconscious or, oh, I believe in past lives and I do, I want to do this. No way. With my husband, it was just so effortless to be able, yeah, this is what I do because I recognized in him. I think like my soul recognized him as somebody who would not only be okay with who I was, but love me for who I was and support me no matter what I wanted to do. And it just became like a breath of fresh air. Like this is just easy. Yeah. But yeah. So I like that. What you said there though, that I think is really important not to overlook is that without the anxiety, Mm -hmm. because some people, you know, they'll hear just be yourself and they take it to this, this place where it's like, no, that's not what that means. Where they're like, well, myself is calling him 15 times until he returns my call. And it's like, (laughs) no, that is not. So it's like being yourself. It's really about being that like highest and best version of yourself Yeah. where it's not like, this is me, take it or leave it with like this negativity and just like, I'm not going to be my best. And like, you just need to accept me as like a horrible sort of miserable person. But it's like, I know my value. Like I know who I am. And like, who cares that like for fun for me is reading historical nonfiction. Like that's who I am and I love it and I embrace it. And like, okay, we got to talk about that after the call. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like appreciating those. But see, and this is where it goes back to that self-love. Like, Mm -hmm. It's not about just being yourself for the sake, like in your worst, it's like loving yourself. And it's like, if you can't reach that level, it's really challenging. I think because if you don't love yourself at all, it's really hard to believe that someone else is going to. And so this is when, you know, you meet someone and then you're sort of sabotaging the relationship because it's like, I just can't believe that someone good is going to like me. And so it's like, you push them until they're like, forget it. (laughs) You're making it hard for me to love you. Well, and and a good way to figure out 
um, how you really are. Like if you, if you're having trouble, like, well, what would I do if I didn't have anxiety? What would, how would I act is just, how do you act with your best friend, a true best friend? Mm -hmm. How, how are you? Cause that is when you're at your most genuine. Um, let's talk. Cause we, we have a few minutes left. I really want to get into how you work with your clients and how you kind of, what are the first steps to working with somebody to really get them clear on where they should go forward? I know it depends on the person, but do you have like a general kind of path that you take them down? I do, but it really, so I have courses. And so it's like the course has more of like, uh, this is the best approach. And so that's sort of what I was talking about before, where it's like, you get clear on what your love blueprint is and what you need and sort of up leveling um, and becoming an energetic match for what you want. And then obviously I also teach about like the practical things that come up in dating. Um, you know, when I'm working with people one-on-one, it's coaching. And it's like, I don't really like to get too much into the how because it's like the how is where yeah. people really get stuck. And I think especially for people who are like, would be considering working with me. Like if someone asked me, how are we going to do that on the call? I'm like, we're not getting into that because this is exactly why you are where you are mm-hmm. because you're trying to control every, and you know, that's how most of my clients are. They're like high achieving women. They, you know, they're used to like having control over things and like yeah. understanding every little aspect. It's like, no, 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 we're not going to very go much there. goal and objective oriented yes. and <laughs> micromanaging. Yeah. yeah. Can't necessarily and, approach it that way in emotional love. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you'll see when we're in it, like, you get to know what's going to happen, which is that we're going to call on the love of your life. (laughs) Yeah. So the first step, would you say, is just kind of figuring out what the heck you want in somebody and and what you want to feel. That's important because that's kind of the key in any kind of manifesting. How do I want to feel when I've gotten to this point? I think even before that, it's like you have to start where you are and -hmm. just really see like what am I creating? What is coming up over and over again? And also coming from this place of what am I creating? For people who can say, I'm going to look at where I am and no matter what, I'm going to take complete responsibility for it. Those are the people who get results like that, who can mm-hmm. go from single to engage in a year when they're taking that, that total responsibility because that's where like manifestation magic really comes in. Like that is when people supercharge their abilities to, to manifest and to really work with energy and get what they want. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so all of that together, you know, figuring out what you want and really starting where you are, kind of taking responsibility for for what's going on and just kind of cracking the door open to the possibility that even though you're taking the responsibility for what's already occurred, there's so much more out there that you can kind of take the reins of and decide if it's worth it. I love what you said about like, if he ghosted me, oh, that's not my person. Easy decision, right? Or if he right. just stopped calling me, not my person. Easy decision. So, and and playing with it in a way of like, if I'm going to go out one day, I could meet that person there. And how exciting would that be? And I might not recognize because you didn't. You didn't recognize it right away. And knowing that that's a possibility, I'm not. I might not recognize it right away, but I'm going to be um, open, you know, and and ready and accepting of it if it does come into my life it's really yeah. about letting go of the of the like stranglehold that you have on it yeah. right and mm. I have a really like helpful perspective to offer about this which is just like a different wording of exactly what you explain like every time it doesn't work out it is working out like 
don't you guys feel like when you're manifesting the one or you're manifesting your person, sometimes the universe brings you other people to prep you for that person to give you more clarity. So just because you're like, okay, universe, I'm ready to manifest the one that doesn't actually mean you're ready to be in partnership with them. The universe could send you a freaking crazy twin flame like what I've been through in the last year to teach you everything that you still need to heal or things that you maybe don't want or to show you your relationship patterns or whatever it is. So just because you're feeling like really ready, don't take it as a bad thing. If the person that shows up when you feel ready, isn't the one that lasts forever because they're getting you closer to your person. And I just want to give a shout out to all of the people that came before Kobe because they, they helped you and <laughs> they a prepped way. you. They helped you create the list of what you actually want. And every single relationship, every person that comes into your life has a value for you, has a value for steering you in a different direction or the right direction, or you know, at the very least showing you what you don't what you won't tolerate and what you don't deserve and what you don't want. So before we go, this has been so enlightening and so insightful. I love the way you talk and explain things. It's fantastic. If you guys want to work with her, um, her website is uh, crystalirum.com and we have her freebie link. So tell us about your freebie and what people can get um, just by listening today. So I have a quiz. It will help you discover what your love type is. And so there are four main types and this will really help you see where some of your biggest uh, blocks are. I don't usually use the word blocks, but some of the biggest things that you're going to want to sort of move through that are kind of holding you back. Um, And it'll really, really help you get clear on like what your first steps are. And it's also going to help you start to recognize your pattern. So with everything I talked about, this will sort of give you like a, a head start in figuring out what, just what's going on with you. Um, And for a lot of people, just that awareness is really, really powerful. So yeah, that's a free quiz that I have for you. It's awesome. You're going to love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I also wanted to say, um, there's, you know, as you say, there's someone out there for everybody and you deserve to find them. And these are just a few simple ways to get started to really deciding what you want, what you don't want, and welcoming and allowing and receiving all that, you know, all that's out there for you and just being open to it all. Would you agree? Absolutely. What's one main piece of advice you want to give everybody before we close? Ooh. (laughs) Work on developing that trust and belief that whatever love it is that you want, whatever relationship it is that you desire, it's available for you. Really start believing that when you can develop that certainty, everything else gets to be easier. And you can let it be easy. Yeah. It's it's okay easy. to let it be easy. Right, Kels? We love saying that to each other. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we do overcomplicate the process <laughs> and try to micromanage like how you said and be like, success, success, success. Got to do this. Got to do that. But yeah, like really when you get into alignment, it's just about allowing. How yeah. much can you allow? How much can you receive? How much can you allow yourself to allow? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) It really ends up being, you know, a kind of a game because some people just want to like, well, okay, I allowed it. Now let it happen. Okay. What's going to happen? Right. That's still controlling, not allowing. No control. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's really just about kind of allowing yourself to allow and allow yourself the unfolding of the events. Just, just let it flow. Don't Don't worry about the how folks. Not your job. <laughs> Let the universe figure out how your person is going to come and you just do the self-loving, 
Do you figure out your beliefs that are blocking you, you know, soothe that nervous system, figure out what a healthy dynamic actually is. You might have never experienced it, like how Crystal said. Yeah. The what is the what is what you get. The how is the universe's job. On that note, we love you all so much. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Crystal. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of High Vibin' It. Be sure to join Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida for another great program next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We can't wait to have you join us again soon.